It's time now for Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that shares stories from inspiring people, from a wide range of expert guests, all focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Gina Gardner is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, business coach, and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely You, and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. This is a world of possibilities. A world in which people who put their minds to something can really make a difference. My goal is to help the environment. Someday I'll find a cure for cancer. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we believe that aspiring minds can achieve anything. So we dedicate ourselves to making sure everyone has an opportunity to go to college. Each year, we provide more than $150 billion in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about Money for College at studentaid.gov. And now, here's your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, and welcome to today's Gina Gardner and Friends Show. Today, I have a very special lady on the show. Her name is Gweno Daffid. She has an amazing range of experience. Her work is in leadership and master public speaking coach, but she's also got over 40 years experience in the TV and, and film world. She's an author, she's done lots of things, and she's also done that whilst living with chronic pain. I too have lived with chronic pain since 1983, and it's something that we're going to explore today, but more than focusing on the pain, it's about focusing on how you can manage life very effectively, even though you have pain. So, Gwenna, very, very pleased to welcome you to the show. Thank you, Gina. I'm very pleased to be here. Thank you. And I hope that we'll be able to share some ideas which will enable people to live the best possible lives that they have been presented with. Brilliant. So would you like to let's start by just sharing your story um, briefly of how you've got to here? Well, there's two aspects of it, really. I suppose you know, people are probably intrigued as to why I live with uh, daily chronic pain. Well, it started um, when I was about uh, 16. I was a, a really um, top athlete in my county and uh, represented my county in national sports. Uh, and I fell and hurt my back doing um, the long jump. I was going to college to be a physical education teacher. And after a, a term, I had to change direction. Now, um, I coped with that. Uh, it was a, a pretty dark period in my life, but I managed it. Um, and the trajectory that I'd anticipated for my life, which was as a physical education teacher, never ever came to be. I, on top of that, I've been involved in three car accidents. One was a multiple pileup in 1985, came through that, went, managed to get back to uh, having a, an active life. But the one that actually uh, made me have to deal with chronic pain on a very daily basis was in August 2000, uh, no, 1988, um, and that was a reassurance. 
and yet another one in the year 2000 where we were all nearly killed in a car accident in France where somebody pulled from the side onto our uh, part of the road. So, uh, and I had another sideways shunt. So I live with hypermobile vertebra, which means that my uh, lower back will go out of alignment and trap uh, the sciatic nerve on a, a regular basis. So that's the nasty part of my life story. The other part of my life story is that uh, I'm, uh, I'm a very positive person. I try and focus on uh, the, the, the good things in life and not the negative things. Um, and I think one of my journeys in life has been to focus on what you can do and not what you can't do. So throughout all of these years, I haven't been able to do lots of things, but I have been able to write, I have been able to sing, I have been able to perform, I've been able to think, I've been able to coach, I've been able to do all sorts of things that I can do even when I am in severe pain. You know, it, it resonates with me. Those of you that know my story will know that I'm um, from 1987, um, was a wheelchair user, following a, a serious ski accident and two failed back surgeries. And what really struck me about, uh, it's all a conscious decision. You know, I can give into this and I can just focus on daytime television or I can get on and run my school I had become a head teacher by uh, this time and I can uh, I can get on and I can be useful and in focusing on what I'm doing um, that worked as great pain control mm. and it strikes me that it's not the challenge that defines us it's absolutely what we do with it indeed yeah. now 40 years in tv and film so do you want to share with us what you've been up to in TV and film? Well, it's not just TV, but also radio. And I, I love doing radio. And in fact, this morning I just did something for the BBC where I had to choose a piece of poetry. And that was the central focus of, you know, talking about my life. But I started off being a street singer in Belgium because I couldn't be the teacher that I wanted to be. I ended up going to Belgium uh, and being an au pair. And... Uh, the the job for that the au pair job was advertised on um, Radio Cymru, which was the Welsh medium radio channel in Wales, which had just started at that time, which was in 1979. Uh, the, yeah, it was about that time. So they'd advertised this job for an au pair on the radio. And so they phoned me up and said, would you like to uh, talk about it? So I said, yes, and never want to miss an opportunity. I said, would you like me to be your woman in Brussels? And they said, yes. So I used to send them uh, stories regularly about the things that were happening in Belgium. And uh, I used to broadcast about them on the radio. And that gave me confidence. And I did a lot of broadcasting in Belgium on uh, Flemish radio Um and I started out because I could sing and I always loved singing and I wanted to stay on in Belgium. Uh, and I did quite a lot of performance with the English Comedy Club there. And that was something that gave me confidence. And I sang a lot. I used to sing in restaurants and uh, on the streets. So that was where my singing career actually started. I made uh, um, a record in Belgium. Then I came back to uh, Britain in 1983. And at that time, S4C, which is the Welsh medium television channel, 
was starting to open up. There were lots of opportunities. So I started off doing work as an extra because I got my equity card um, and I'm a strong union uh, member. And for me, having my equity card was really important. And so I started off doing um, uh, extra work on films. I worked on Robin of Sherwood and all sorts of things. Um, but then I started having parts. Then I went to uh, work as um, director of theatre and education on uh, projects using Welsh, um, using theatre as a, a vehicle to develop the Welsh language. And I've been in uh, lots of things, too numerous to mention. I've done lots of television, um, not that many films, but the thing is, you know, what is it? What is a uh, film just means being out on location. So, yes, in, in that case, I have done lots of filming. Um, and uh, I was in a film with Damon Lewis, which was absolutely wonderful. That's, uh, I suppose, a highlight of uh, what I did filming wise. But television, I've done absolutely tons of, including having my own programmes commissioned. I had one programme commissioned where we went around Europe on motorbikes. Um, that was pretty hard going when you've got a, a five-month-old baby and a chronic pain condition, but we did it. Four programmes commissioned on my idea. Had another programme commissioned where we went off to uh, America and uh, I did uh, a programme about uh, someone who's my role model and uh, mentor. And so basically, I've had a very, very interesting working life from the point of view of performance. I've got a one-woman show, which is called Passionate About Piaf, which I wrote. I took it up to the West End about, I think it was about three years ago now. And it was a big success. And the whole intention was we were going to take the show and uh, take it to Glastonbury, to the Edinburgh Fringe. We had lots of um, gigs booked. Uh, I was with a, a production company that had taken on the idea. Um, I had a fantastic accompanist, fantastic um, uh, accordion player, and then COVID struck. So that had to be shelved. So I had to reassess what I was going to do. So I, since that time, I've been doing a lot of podcasts. But also recently, something that has brought my entire working life together uh, and something that you haven't mentioned, but that's something else I've done, is that I was an equality expert, an equality and diversity expert for the Welsh uh, Assembly Government for 10 years. So that, and also I've worked as a leadership coach for the last 12 years. So all of that has been brought together as um, a wellbeing facilitator. And I'm working now on a pilot project where we go and we give mental health support to people working on film sets. So I've had uh, a huge variety of very exciting experiences, even though I have to um, contend with daily chronic pain. You know, it's really interesting for me listening that, you know, you're a powerhouse and you do all sorts of things. And actually, for most people listening to what you do, they'd think, well, goodness me, if I was fully fit and able-bodied, would I be able to do that? And you talk about doing it despite, uh, uh, because it despite. And what's interesting to me is if you had followed that first trajectory, and become a physical education teacher. I wonder how many of those opportunities you would actually have um, have had 
uh, come your way and whether you would ever have been able to reach so many people um, as you have through the media and so on. Um, and so maybe it's because um, of your accidents and because of your chronic pain that actually the world has opened up to you. And when we come back after the break, I'd like to explore the whole issue of, you know, we get very set upon how life should be. We have a blueprint for it. And when we don't get that, we're often very disappointed. But often in hindsight, those um, those situations where we become limited by our physicality or because of circumstance often end up being the key to unlock so many other possibilities. So don't go away. When we come back, we've got lots to talk about. I'll never forget the day I nearly died. The only way we found out I had any kind of heart issue was when I went into sudden death. I think unless you are a heart disease patient, you may not know how much work the American Heart Association does behind the scenes to save your life. Since my cardiac arrest, I've watched all three of my children grow into adulthood, and I'm still here. Learn more about the American Heart Association's work at helpheart.org. Evertel is your new communication and collaboration tool. Like text messaging, it's instant and easy to use. But more than that, it opens connectivity across agencies with a fast, clear flow of intelligence sharing. Because your conversations happen in chat rooms, everyone will be on the same page getting real-time updates and intel. Evertel is built for public safety, so it also helps agencies stay compliant. You get automatic archiving, and you'll always be ready to share your records. Evertel is the secure, transparent way for teams to connect. You can work faster and smarter because team members are collaborating live, whether at the scene or at your desk. No more unnecessary radio chatter, no more endless email chains. Keep everyone in sync and seamlessly coordinate your efforts. At a moment's notice, you can send information to everyone in your agency. Give them exactly what they need to know to resolve issues faster than ever before. With Evertel, your agency will finally have a single productive place to communicate, collaborate, and respond to situations from every level. Welcome back. Before the break, I set the, um, the intention that we're going to explore how often life throws us a curveball and we are devastated that that happens. And yet, when we look back in hindsight, and hindsight's the only perfect vision that we have, that we know exactly what happened because we've already done it, that there's a gift in it and that that gift has opened up possibilities. So do you think that if you had become a, a physical education teacher, that you would have had the opportunities that have been pre presented themselves, and moreover, the opportunities that you grabbed by the throat uh, and made your own? How would life be different, do you think? Well, in two ways. Uh, the first one is I probably would have achieved my dream of uh, having a Welsh vest for the 400 metres about 37 years uh, earlier than I actually did because I did finally get my Welsh vest for the 400 metres. And, oh, oh, actually, look at that. That's where it is, yeah. 
as a master's athlete at the age of 54, when my back was in alignment before I got my knee um, sort of operation. Anyway. Before you go on, just want to make the point, if you're listening to this and you're saying I'm too old or I'm too infirm, just hear that almost anything is possible if you're determined enough. So thank you. And the second is? I would have earned way more money. I have never earned a great deal of money. And uh, I've never been driven by money. I really haven't. I've always been driven by experiences and achieving my goals, whatever those goals are. So I know for a fact that um, I'm in, uh, I'm in, um connection with two women that I used to go to the national sports with and both of them have now they went that trajectory which is to become a physical education teacher one went well one one was a PE teacher became a head of year and uh you know earned a considerable amount of money really if you look at it over the years the other one uh were, became a teacher but also is now retired and both of them made more money than I have, would ever have dreamed of doing. Now, uh, both of those things, one could argue, were quite negative, that you didn't get to where you vest until much, much later and that you didn't earn as much money. But I wonder, looking back on all of the experiences you've had, what do you think has been the benefits of having a different trajectory? My life has been immensely rich, immensely rich, you know, and uh, I'm not finished yet. You know, I'm still busy with all sorts of things. For example, uh, you know, uh, at the weekend, I had a dream achieved, uh, something I've been doing for the last 17 years. I've been doing voluntary work in developing St. David's Day activities throughout the world. I um, have created and co-written an anthem for St. David's Day. St. David is the patron saint of Wales. I've created an anthem for St. David's Day, which is sung um, across Wales. It's uh, it's been sung in Canada, America, Patagonia and South America, Disneyland, Paris, uh, Houses of Parliament, London, all over the place. And as part of that, there has been another offshoot, which is I have instigated and created county banners. And on Saturday, um, I went to uh, the the original Welsh Houses of Parliament, which are in Machynlleth, where Owen Glyndwr, uh, who was a, a ruler of Wales, he had his Houses of Parliament there. And my daughter and I took the... Montgomeryshire banner, which I instigated, which is based on the uh, St. David's Day anthem. I took that there. Now, that is just, there's no money on earth could buy that experience. You know, it is, it's absolutely something that I could only dream of. But if I hadn't been on this trajectory, that would never have happened. I've been part of Welsh history, really, because I've co created. Uh, with, um, you know, I've enabled things to develop. I've been helping to develop uh, parades throughout Wales. Uh, There are now three county banners based on the um, St. David's Day anthem. 
the school banners, the first school banner is in uh, the uh, the National Museum of Wales in St Fagans. You know, all of those things, they would never have happened if I'd been a PE teacher. If I'd been a PE teacher, I'd have had longer holidays. I'd have probably gone on nice jollies to, um, to, uh, to ski with the kids. And that would have been my world. Whereas my world is literally global. You know, my world, I do things, you know, I'm, I'm having a book that's, um, uh, that's coming out in India in September. I've got a chapter in that book. And I'm the only person who doesn't come from India who actually has a chapter in the book. Those things are priceless. You know, they are priceless. They are indeed, and I think one of the things that strikes me is I've worked with a number of people, for example, who have been made redundant, and they have huge issues around their sense of value, that, you know, they don't want me anymore, that they initially feel um, abandoned and worried about, am I going to find something? Mm -hmm. And we've worked um, through all of those issues, and they found um work or they've started a business and almost without exception when you talk to them some you know two or three years on and they start to look back at that they said you know what it was the best thing that ever happened to me mm-hmm. it gave me the opportunity to rethink refocus and to do something that i wanted to do that i was passionate about mm-hmm. when prior to that i did it because my parents thought it was a good idea or because i needed to earn money to pay the mortgage mm-hmm. and what strikes me about both yours and my story is that that situation for you which at the time you talked about deep, dark days, and I've had a few of those myself. Hmm. When you look for the gift within any situation, you know, people talk about making lemon out of uh, lemonade out of yes. lemons. There is a huge truth in that, that, hmm. that in every situation there's a gift. And for me, you know, being wheelchair bound and not able to get into my classrooms forced me to create um, a way of empowering other people that became the bedrock of of the two businesses that I have now mm. because it was all about getting people to take radical responsibility for their decisions and for their actions and their thoughts and their words and it's really worked mm. I'd like to think I'd have done it anyway but I'm honest enough to know I probably wouldn't have done well, I think that uh, I, I always sort of reflect on other people and what they come up with in their lives. And uh, there's a fantastic artist uh, called Cuffin Williams in Wales, or he's no longer with us, but he always used to maintain um, uh, an oak does not grow strong in uh, fair weather, which means that the more battles we have to fight, um, the better, the stronger we become as human beings, you know. And actually, sometimes I could have done without those battles, you know. I'd have liked an easy ride, but unfortunately, that's not what my life has been about. Um, and but I wouldn't change anything. I would have done without some of the pain, obviously, because that's not pleasant, as you know. Um, and it's debilitating, and it's depressing, and all of those issues. Yes, yes, yes. We all know those. But you do have a choice in life, and that is you can either sink or you can swim. 
I'm going to swim, you know. And talking about swimming, can I just uh, give a little mention to somebody who uh, I'd really like to applaud? Uh, somebody who was in school, school with me back in Fishguard, and she's called Paula Craig. And she was a real feisty female from West Wales, a wild West Walian warrior woman. And uh, she was, she used to run marathons. She was with the Metropolitan Police in London. And maybe you'd like to get her on your programme, really, because I think she'd be a very positive person to uh, speak to. But uh, she was involved in a, in a motorbike accident, I think it was. I'm not sure. Or she was on a bike. I'm not quite sure. Anyway, she was thrown up into the air. And she knew as soon as she landed that she was uh, uh, going to be disabled for the rest of her life. And she is um, uh, paraplegic. I think that's she has no uh, movement below her, her, uh, low, her lower spine. And at, over the weekend, she actually swam across the um, English Channel without a wetsuit. And gracious. That in itself, for anybody, because it's cold now. It's really cold, because I'm a cold water swimmer, and it's still cold. But so to do it... Just, to just put that into perspective for people who uh, probably don't know, um, if they know of the English Channel, they won't know that it's oh, actually yeah. a piece of water between um, England and France. It's, I think, 23 miles, isn't it, in the shortest distance? Yeah. The water is very cold very and cold. one of the busiest shipping lanes in the world. Mm -hmm. So to have achieved that without a wetsuit, even in the summer, the water is pretty cold there and pretty rough. That's amazing. And, and perhaps after the show, you'll, uh, you'll make an introduction because I'd love to speak to her. Yeah, We're going to go... Should. We're going to go for a short break now. Uh, don't go away. Just think about all of those situations in your own life where perhaps it's been tough. But think about how, how have you handled that? Have you focused on all of the difficulties um, and found that it's contracted your world? Or have you chosen to look for the opportunities and to focus on what you can do rather than what you can't. And join us again in a very few minutes when we're going to carry on our discussion. Meet Norm. He lives with anxiety. But with the help of this latest innovation from Be Normal, he can be normal, just like everyone else. With the swipe of a finger, you can project happiness, confidence, machismo. Why settle for being real when you can be normal? The Normal Maker, new from Be Normal. This item doesn't really work because there's no such thing as normal. We're all different. What we like, how our brains work. In fact, one in five of us live with mental illness. Don't filter who you are. Start by talking to someone you trust. And remember, there is no normal. Travel is part of the American way of life. When we're on vacation, we keep an eye out for anything that looks out of place. <laughs> Miss your bag. When we travel from city to city, we pay attention to our surroundings. Everyone plays a role in keeping our community safe. Whether you're traveling for business or pleasure, be aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. Take a step toward bringing our country and community together. Start a meaningful conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels, and the Ad Council. So, welcome back. I'd like to spend a bit of time. Um, you've got a new project, uh, which is looking at well-being 
uh, mental and physical uh, well-being, I'm assuming. Um, you're a well-being facilitator for TV and film, for people on TV and film sets. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that that's so needed at the moment? And what sort of activity are you engaged in or will you be engaged in in helping people uh, achieve well-being when they're on the set? Okay. Well, I don't know if you're aware, but during the COVID crisis, the people who were self-employed suffered really badly. I'm one of those. Uh, all of my shows just disappeared down the path. All went. Um, my coaching also had a knock because I did a lot of in-person coaching. Uh, but the vast amount of creative um, professional people also had a huge knock because they were only able to get um, SEISS, which is a, um, a contribution towards uh, their earnings. So a lot of people here in Britain were able to get payments from their employers. So uh, creative industries were really badly hit during the COVID crisis. And what the figures show is that in the creative industries, is a very, very high incidence of mental health issues because it's a long hours working culture. It just remains for me to say thank you very much for being on the show. And to say to you listeners, please let me know what you think of the show. Email me at Gina, G-I-N-A, at genuinely-u.com. You'll find lots of resources on the website, genuinely-u.com, or on ginagardnerassociates.co.uk. Thank you for joining me. Please do join me on the next show. Take care and I look forward to seeing you then. Thanks for listening to Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that helps you live a happier, more successful and fulfilling life. To learn more about Gina Gardner, go to genuinely-u.com. If you would like to work with Gina or book her as a speaker, email her at gina at genuinely-u.com.